The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Prepare us, O God, to hear your word through the scriptures of this day. Confront us with your claims on our lives. Clarify the choices we must make if our lives are to have meaning and purpose. Help us to respond to the one who came as the bread of life, so we may know life at its fullest and best. Amen. The lesson today is from Mark chapter 3, verses 20 through 35. When the crowd came together again, so that they could not even eat, when his family heard it, they went out to restrain him, for people were saying, He has gone out of his mind. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, He has Beelzebul, and by the ruler of the demons he casts out demons. And he called them to him and spoke to them in parables. How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, the house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but his end has come. But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his property without first tying up the strong man. Then, indeed, the house can be plundered. Truly, I tell you, people will be forgiven for their sins and whatever blasphemies they utter. utter. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit can never have forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. For they had said, He has an unclean spirit. Then his mother and his brothers came, and standing outside they sent to him and called him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, Your mother and your brothers and sisters are outside asking for you. And he replied, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking at those who sat around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Over the course of my years in pastoral ministry, and even now um, as a chaplain, Regardless of gender, sexuality, ethnicity, age, or, or any other category we employ to identify difference, nearly every person I've ever encountered agonizes over their identity. And the questions they ask, who am I? What am I? Who are my people? To whom do I belong? And in the midst of those questions, at the heart of those questions, I believe, is fear. Fear of being found out, fear of being rejected, fear of being alone. A soul divided like anything with cracks eventually will crumble and fall. The setting for this week's lesson is Nazareth. Jesus has returned home from his, um, well, his his inaugural ministry outings. Much has happened since the carpenter's son first left home. The heavens opened at his baptism. He survived 40 days of fasting in the wilderness. 
He has driven out unclean spirits. He's healed the sick. He's eaten with outcasts. In essence, he has cared for those living divided lives. Men and women who have been separated from their community, who long for security, who are desperate for identity. Through these and other acts, he has well, he's mesmerized everyone. And he has stirred up such hope in people, excitement, and yearning in people's hearts that they follow him everywhere, all the way to Nazareth. And they pour into this house where he's staying. The state of affairs in Nazareth is, is more than enough to alarm both his family and the religious leaders. Jesus' mother and siblings arrive first on the scene, and they intend to stage an intervention. Apparently mortified by the neighborhood rumors that Jesus is cray, he's lost his mind. So they stand outside the jam-packed house and they call for Jesus, hoping in vain to restrain him. The scribes show up shortly thereafter and declare that Jesus is evil, evil and a threat. He is not a healer empowered by God, for he is possessed by a demon. As the lesson unfolds, I think it becomes easy for us, having the benefit of historical hindsight, to write off these people who, who accuse Jesus of insanity, of demon possession. The fact is, neither Jesus' family nor the scribes are evil, or ill-intentioned. They're earnest people. They are dedicated to maintaining stability during a rather chaotic moment. Jesus' family desires order and peace in the domestic sphere. The scribes desire order and peace in the religious sphere. Don't we all? They're not out to hurt God. They just want to keep things respectable, orderly, controlled. Which is why I believe in some cases Jesus' behavior in this lesson can be seen as so unsavory, so upsetting. He is harsh, he is dismissive, he is impatient. Instead of responding compassionately to the scribes, he shreds their argument and accuses them of blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Instead of going out to greet and reassure his mother and his siblings, he rejects them. He renounces their claim on his life, and he trades them in for a new family of his own making. Take a deep breath, Jesus. What do you think he's doing? And why does he do it so harshly? What is he doing and why does he do it so harshly? I don't have a, a definitive answer. But I wonder perhaps... Is he navigating those same questions regarding identity that I stated at the beginning of the sermon? 
those questions that cause people so much pain and grief. Who am I? What am I? Who are my people? To whom do I belong? Least we forget, Jesus is also human. And this Son of God gig is relatively new to him. And I imagine he's feeling a bit of a divided life. For who he is in that moment is not who he was a year ago. We all know what it's like to live a divided life. Those times when our interior life and our exterior life are not in sync. That's what it means to be a house divided. You're one person at work, another at home. You act one way with certain people and a different way with other people. Life gets divided into pieces. Behavior, beliefs, ethics become situational. There is the work life, the family life, the prayer life, the personal life, the social life. In time, you're nothing but a bunch of pieces. Pieces which don't necessarily fit together. And a soul divided will eventually fall and crumble to the ground. Redefining one's identity, whether in a family or in a religious institution, is a provocative, challenging, and often life-shattering act. And it almost always comes at a price. And in today's lesson, Jesus proves himself even more provocative and seems to pay a far higher price. I mean, imagine it. Outside the house stand the insiders, the family, the religious folk, the pious, the careful, those who have God in a box. Inside the house sit the outsiders, the misfits, the rejects, the tax collectors, the prostitutes, my people. They're not interested in dogma or piety. They just need love. And they seem to have found it in a man who heals the sick and feeds the hungry. And in the midst of them sits Jesus saying, this, this is my family. This is where I belong. These are my people. If you're not uncomfortable, you're not paying attention to the text. Jesus isn't calling for illustrating surface change in his life or in your life. He's calling for interior change and recalibration of an entire life, a whole life. He's burning things down. He's going for the deep, the institutional, and the systemic. Outside is in, and inside is out. I think it helps, it helps me at least, to imagine that in this moment of breakage, it costs him something dear. This redefining of his life, this claiming of his life. 
He knows he is Mary's son. He, he knows the agony of letting her go. But he knows that he's God's son first. And that his divine identity must trump all other identities. For a soul divided, even his, like anything with cracks, will eventually crumble and fall. I think it's always hard to look at the division and the inner conflicts within ourselves. The beginning of wholeness, however, is acknowledging where we are broken, where we are cracked. Where is your life, your house, divided? How and to what extent have you created conflict and division within your relationships? In what ways do you live a fragmented life? Parceling out pieces of yourself here and there like a peddler. Of course, Jesus heals our division. Yet he also divides our house. And that process hurts. Because we need to own our inner conflicts. We need to name our cracks. We need to recalibrate our identity. However, in the process of dividing our house, he doesn't divide it to make us homeless. He divides it to rebuild it, to rebuild us. I can't help but imagine what it must have been like to be inside that house that day with him. I think it's safe to say that each one of us intimately knows what it is to hunger to belong, to have someone safe and loving to belong to. Regardless of our circumstances, we all know what it's like to yearn for someone who can hold all of who we are and love us still without flinching. to help us bridge those gaps into living into and growing into our very best self. That's exactly what Jesus does for the crowds that day and for us still. He invites us in, he asks us to stay, and he makes us family. Thanks be to God. Amen.